Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Vince. And I'm Ashley. And we are the lead pastors of the Outlet Community Church. And wherever you are in the world, our heart is to add value to your life. That's right. Whether it's an encouraging word, whether it's a topic in the Bible, whether it's a life skill that you're looking to develop and hone in on, allow us to be an outlet for you. Yes, and our prayer is that wherever you are, whether you're right here in service or you're out in the world in the nation, listen, our prayer is that God meets you right where you are. We all have needs, we all have things, but our God is able and he's able to bless you and get you where you need to be. We have hundreds of hours of digital content that is available for you to consume yes. free of charge. Freely we receive, freely we want to give <laughs> it back to you. So make it a point to check out our page, check out our website at the yeah. Outlet Community. Dot com and you'll be able to find countless hours of videos, podcasts, and other material to help you grow in your walk with God. Hey, if you like some of the content, like, subscribe, share it, and we'd love that. <laughs> See your family and friends. So open up your heart and get ready to receive all that God has for you. Chapter 17, chapter 17, and I want to draw our attention to verses 11 through 19, Luke's gospel, chapter 17, and draw our attention to verses 11 through 19. And here is what the word of the Lord says. I'll be reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. Here's what the word of the Lord says. It says, on the way to Jerusalem, he, being Jesus, was passing along between two Samarian and um, passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten leopards who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And, and as they went, they were cleansed or they were healed. Then one of them, help me, Holy Ghost. When he saw that he was healed, turned back. Somebody say, turn back. Praising God with a loud voice. Say, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, which is the proper place for all of us to be, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. There's a reason Luke threw that in there, and we'll get to it. Then Jesus answered, hold up, wait a minute, stop the press. Now, he ain't say that, but that's just my interpretation. He said, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Wow. And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I want to preach from this thought, turn around and thank God. Turn around and thank God. I remember back in, this would have been back in 1999 when I was living in Tampa, Florida. 
It's probably about around about 8 30, 9 o'clock at night. I was in my room on a Saturday, chilling, relaxing, watching a little college football. And all of a sudden, I heard a knock at my bedroom door. And I went to the door and opened it. It was my younger sister, Jessica. I said, What's up, Jess? She said, Kiwan, some of my friends are stranded on this side of town, and this is Tampa, Florida. She said, can you give them a ride back home? And I said, no, I ain't giving them no ride. I was, I was um, let's see, at that time, I don't think I was a believer, but, um, but it don't matter. I shouldn't have acted like that. <laughs> I said, I don't feel like giving them a ride. You know how it is when you're tired, you done kind of had a long day. It ain't like I'm paying bills or nothing because I'm 17. But I said, no, I don't feel like giving them a ride. I said, they should have been responsible enough. They got on this side of town. They need to get back on their side of town, which is about nine, nine miles away. And so she pulled the old favorite thing that all siblings like to pull. I'm going to go tell who? Mama. I'm going to go tell Mama. I said, you go ahead and you tell Mama. You know what I'm saying? You go talk to Mama. What Mama going to do? And I heard another knock on the door. I one knock because she paid the bills. Then the door opened. And she said, hey, baby, how you doing? I said, hey, mom. She said, baby, mama needs you to do her a favor. I said, what's up, mom? She said, can you please give them young boys a ride back home? And I said, yes, ma'am. You know, that's just how it is. I don't know how it is today, well, how these kids treat their mama. I know 2 chains say, I just want to make my mama proud. I ain't trying to let my mama down. So when it comes to my mama, I don't play. Mama tell me to do something, it's done. If my mama called me right now, she lives in Gainesville, Florida, and she said, baby, I need you to come down here and help mama move this sofa. All I'm going to say is to my wife, baby, um, everything cool. We cool here. I need to go down here and help mama out, and I'll be back. That's just the respect and how I was raised and, and, and with my mother. And so I said, I'll go ahead and I'll do it, mom. And so jumped in my mom's Jeep Cherokee. And um, these three young men got in the Jeep, and I drove them to their desired destination. As we got to the house, and I put the car in park, they all got out of the back seat, one by one, and they closed the door, and they walked into the house. Now, I'm sitting there in the, in the driver's seat. I'm, I'm a little disturbed, because I'm trying to figure out, I got up out of my bed. Drove y'all some nine miles over in Hillsborough County to y'all house. And not one of you all turned around and just simply said, thank you. I didn't ask for no gas money. I just wanted a simple acknowledgement that you would just simply say, thank you. And as I just stood there, I said, y'all going to laugh at me. I sat there for about five minutes because I said, I know they not just going to do this. I said, maybe they need to go inside, you know, throw some water on their face, come back out. You know, I give them some time, but I saw the porch light turn off. And you know what that means. When the porch light turn off, that means it's, it's OV, it's over. And so I just went ahead, put the little Jeep in reverse, went back home. And you all, I was infuriated. I don't know why that thing perturbed me so much, but I was so infuriated. <clears throat> Excuse me, but as I made my way back home, the Lord was ministering to me. And it's like the Spirit was saying, how dare you? get an attitude about these young boys, not turn around to say thank you when you do it all the time to me. Isn't that somehow the Lord will minister to you when you get an attitude about something that somebody did not do, but God will call you to the carpet. He'll let you look in the mirror so that you can have a reflection to see the same thing you're castigating and criticizing other people for is the same thing you do, but you do it to God. 
And so my question to all of us, when was the last time that you turned around and truly thanked God? Not when was the last time you complained to God, because we do that real good, you all. We have that mastered on how we complain about God, about the things that we don't have, the job that we don't have, the money in our bank account that we don't have, the healing we've be waiting, been waiting on, the spouse we've been waiting on. We complain all the time, but we never take the time to tell God thank you for the things that we do have. Because, see, my mom always, see, my mom sold into me in an early age. She said, baby, you have to be thankful for the things that you have. Be grateful for what you have because there's always somebody that is willing to switch positions with you because you, you are in a far better position and situation than they are. When was the last time that you turned around and said, thank you? And when we look at this passage of Scripture, which happens to be one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the Bible because of what goes on in this particular story. So we find out in Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 51, begins what is called, uh, the literary unit in Luke 9 and 51 begins what is called the traveling narrative. So if you were to take your Bibles out and read from Luke chapter 9, verses 51, all the way up to Luke chapter 19, what you would read is that Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem for the very last time because he's getting ready to offer up his life. And so as he's traveling, they call it the traveling narrative because the crowd of people are accompanying, accompanying Jesus as he's making his way to Jerusalem. And as he's making his way to Jerusalem, even though he already knows what's going to happen to him when he gets there, that does not stop him from still being a blessing to other people. See, what I'm trying to tell you all right now is this, you all. Despite what is going on in your life right now, God still desires to use you to be a blessing to other people. you got to stop having a pity party and look for opportunities where you can be a blessing to other people because you got people out here in this world that are hurting, but all they need a lot of times is just a little encouragement to lift them up. Jesus is making his way towards Jerusalem. As he gets closer to his destination, the Bible says he comes upon this certain village. And as he's making his way, the Bible says that he hears this noise from a distance, and the text says that these men are shouting to the top of their lungs because they're trying to get Jesus' attention because they have a pressing need. Have you ever had a pressing need? Have you ever had, I'm talking about a pressing, pressing need. I ain't talking about you in the kitchen and you're cooking some collard greens and you need to go and get some seasoning. That's not a pressing need. Well, with Thanksgiving coming up, that is a pressing need for some of us. But I'm talking about a pressing, pressing need that if you don't get that need, it can do something to you mentally or spiritually or psychologically. The text says that these men lift up their voices and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. They knew what to say to get the Lord's attention. Have mercy on us, that is, have compassion on us, that is, have pity on us. Why, why, why are these men asking for mercy? Why are they asking for compassion? Why are they asking for pity? Because their situation. The text says they have an incurable medical condition called leprosy. 
And when you look at the biblical narrative, and more specifically, if you were to go and read Leviticus chapter 13 and 14, and if you were to go to read Numbers chapter 5, they will tell you what the Bible says and the law regarding those who had leprosy. That if a person had leprosy, and it was confirmed that they had leprosy by the priest, they had to shave off all their hair, and they had to dress not in Gucci and Prada and all this other type of stuff that we love, but they had to dress in rag clothing, and they had to walk around shouting, unclean, 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 so that anybody who came in any type of close proximity would know that these people had leprosy. Could you imagine having that type of life? where you could not have any close contact and, and interaction with your family members, with your friends. You couldn't even come to the house of God because, see, back in those times before Jesus came and died on the cross, if you had any type of deformities or any type of illness or sickness, you could not come to the house of God. You were ostracized. These men are crying out to Jesus saying, have mercy on us because of their situation. I thank God that the men knew who to call up. See, listen, you all, I'm telling you all right now, I don't know where many of you all are, but if you have a pressing need, I'm telling you right now, you need to take that need unto the Lord. The Bible says, cast our burdens upon the Lord and he will sustain you. You got to learn how to cry out to God. Don't worry about the eloquency of your prayer. Just call out and say, Lord, save me. Lord, I need you and I need you right now. I don't know book, chapter, and verse, but what I do know is that I need you, oh God. They cried out to Jesus. How did these men know that Jesus had the ability to heal them? Clearly, they heard about Jesus. Like the woman with the issue of blood heard about Jesus. See, it is our responsibility as citizens in the kingdom of God to tell the world and tell people about Jesus so that when they hear about Jesus, they know who they can take their concerns to, who they can take their burdens to. The Bible says they called out to Jesus and notice his response. This miracle that Jesus performed is like no other in the scriptures. Most of the time, or many of the time, if you notice when Jesus healed people, normally they will come up to Jesus and make their request known. There was a man who had leprosy on one occasion who rolled up on Jesus and he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me whole. And the Bible says Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. Many people came to Jesus with their request, and they made it known, and they were in close proximity physically with Jesus, and Jesus granted their request. But for this request, the Bible simply said that Jesus told them, go and show yourselves to the priest. Why, why, why would Jesus tell them this? More specifically, what did it mean that Jesus told them to go show themselves to the priest? Here's what it means. Jesus had already pronounced healing on these men. He wanted them to operate and have enough faith to believe in it. By him telling them to go show themselves to the priest, he was already declaring and decreeing, you all are already healed. You just got to believe it. See, this is what I call a progressive healing. See, the healing didn't happen right on the spot. The Bible says that as they went, as they went, they were cleansed. 
which means that as he said, go show yourselves to the priest. So as they are making themselves to the priest, because when you read over in Leviticus 13 and 14, the Bible says that if a person believed themselves to be cleansed of leprosy, they had to go to the priest because the priest being the religious leader who were representing God would then do an examination to ensure that they no longer had leprosy. And when the priest declared them as being healed, then the priest will go through a ritual cleansing that they would have to do physically. So Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, the Bible says they were healed. What you're trying to say, King? Well, what I'm trying to say is this. Sometimes you may pray and ask God to move on your behalf. And sometimes the miracle will be released in increments so that it's a progressive healing, but it doesn't take place all at one time. Come on, somebody missed that because I don't hear nobody shouting. See, sometimes what we have grown accustomed to, when we pray and we call out to God, we want everything right then and there. Just like when we go through the drive-thru or just like when we're going to get something to eat. Like, could you imagine going to go sit down at Papa Do's, which is where I like to eat at. But could you imagine going to Papa Do's and you order some food and they bring half your food out? Now, if they do the appetizers like that, you know that because they're supposed to do that. But what if you do a main course and you said you wanted, you know what I'm saying, um, you wanted a steak and a potato and you wanted some, um, some, um, some, some broccoli. And what if they bought you out the broccoli? Then 20 minutes later, they brought you out to stay. You would look at them and say, what in the world is wrong with y'all? Can I get all my food at one time so I can eat my vittles? But when it comes to God, sometimes, sometimes the miracles that he releases as he answers our prayer requests will be progressively. But God says the only way you're going to experience this healing or this blessing is you got to walk it out. Come on, somebody. You got to walk it out. Some of you all been praying and asking God and you've been praying about a business that God put in your heart, a vision that God have given you. Sometimes it's not going to manifest all right there. But if you just walk it out and you just walk it out and you believe and you have faith, God will bring that thing to pass. The Bible says as they went, they all were healed, which means they all had enough faith to be healed. But the scripture says that one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. See, it's always that one. And in this instance, this one man, when he saw that he was healed and he was set free from this condition, he said, hold on, wait a minute, stop the press. The priest ain't going nowhere. I can get to him a little bit later. I got to turn around and I got to go tell this man who delivered me, thank you. Look at how and what the man does. The Bible says he turned around and with a loud voice, he was praising God. He did not care about what other people thought about his presentation and his praise to God because he just wanted Jesus to know, I am thankful for what you have done for me. This is why when I come into the house of God, I don't worry about people looking at me and what they think about how I look when I worship because I come to give God all the praise, all the honor, and the glory. God's been too good to you for you to sit there, sister, and look cute. God's been too good for you, brother, to sit there with a stone face and be all dignified. You better lift up your voice and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what the man did. And not only that, the Bible says he threw
threw himself down at the feet of Jesus and repeatedly he said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Jesus just sat there and looked at him. Jesus said, hold on. Wasn't it 10 of y'all who left here and weren't 10 of you all healed? Then why only one has returned to give glory to God? And he is a Samaritan. See, the significance of that is this. First of all, we know that Luke's gospel was written primarily to a Jewish audience. This is why if you read Luke's gospel, he does a lot of casting and putting on the forefront and on the stage people who are considered to be outcasts and the sinners. See, Samaritans were considered to be dogs, the scum of the earth, and the Jews didn't have anything to do with them at all. In fact, on one occasion, when Jesus and the disciples had, were, were passing through and they came into a Samaritan um, village to try to go through the village, the Bible says the people told Jesus, you ain't coming on up in here, brother. You better turn around and leave. And the disciples got hot. I'm talking about 38 hot. And they said, Lord, do you want us to call fire to come down and burn them up and make them extra crispy? Jesus said, no, you don't know what men of spirit you are. We just going to leave and we're going to continue to move on. So there was a fierce, acrimonious relationship between the two. So the fact that Jesus cast this Samaritan as being the hero, so to speak, and being grateful, you got to understand what that meant to that audience at that time. But nonetheless, Jesus told the man, he said, rise up and go your way. Your faith has made you well. It was this man's faith. And it's going to be your faith that's going to cause you to be able to press through when times get hard, you all. But when the Bible says your faith has made you well, when you go and read made well in the Greek, it's the Greek word sozo, which means it has saved you. It's more than a physical healing that this man has experienced. This man has experienced a spiritual healing, a spiritual release. And he wanted Jesus to know. I'm thankful for what you have done. You all listen to this and I'm done. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that we in here can sit here. And I guarantee you, and I said this to our, to, to our congregation last week, if I were to go around this room and ask everybody to give me at least one thing that you can complain about, I guarantee you it'll probably take you five minutes because you'll try to go through the Rolodex to figure out which one you want to use because there's so many different things that we can complain about you all. But what my encouragement is to all of us is this. Don't focus on what you don't have. I know it's difficult. Don't focus on the bad. Take the time to focus on the good. Because, see, there are some things when you walk with God, you're going to have to praise yourself through those things. You're going to have to praise yourself through some things. Do you think that I, Kiwan McKenzie Foster, personally feel like getting up every Sunday morning to come and to worship? No, I don't. But that's my flesh. But guess what we got to do? We got to press our way through. 
You got to be able to say, Lord, no matter what is going on in my life, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Lord, I know I don't have in my bank account the amount of money that I want. Lord, I know I'm not where I need to be, but Lord, I'm going to give you glory, and I'm going to keep on praising you because of what you have done, but more importantly, because of who you are. Can you stand to your feet as we give the Lord a round of applause and a hallelujah? Take the time to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let us all bow our heads. Oh,